0: Welcome to Finding Your Way, a podcast designed with survivors in mind. Conversations on this show help guide listeners toward finding solutions for safety and support as they navigate life from being a victim to becoming a survivor of violence. I'm your airtime advocate, Sarah Smith, and I represent a team of professionals from Care Lodge Domestic Violence Shelter, home based in Meridian, Mississippi. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to Meet My Friend Friday. I've got my friend with me, Nate Nomachit. Very hard to write if you don't know how to pronounce it, but I first met Nate when um, he just happened to come into our office at Care Lodge and inquired about volunteering and that began a long journey of friendship and camaraderie and just awesomeness. Um, He has recently gotten his degree in social work. And he's been doing all sorts of fun things in the form of ministry and social welfare, and just finding ways to give people a hand up and help them get out of really sticky situations. So I'm not going to take up all the airtime. Uh, Nate, you want to tell us a little bit about what's on your heart?
1: Well, thanks, Sarah, for inviting me. I, I it's always a blessing when we have the opportunity to share uh, the successes that we have had in our lives and, and, let that be a testimony and a testament to survival of those that have survived something traumatic and giving them the ability to see a real witness of how someone can survive and thrive after something traumatic has happened in their life. So I appreciate you inviting me.
0: Absolutely. Um, So we had a conversation before we started recording and you mentioned how people who are surviving traumatic experiences, they can have a thriving life and it's not a huge complex thing they have to do. It's actually very simple. If they follow it, they can have a successful outcome. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Absolutely. To answer that question, I've got to tell you a little bit about how... I survived. What I survived. I have to tell you a little bit about what I survived. And my father was an immigrant from a foreign nation. And when he migrated here, one of the things that he brought with him is the way that he disciplines his children. And so for the first 16 years of my life, I suffered severe physical, spiritual, emotional abuse uh, from many different angles. And when my parents were 16, or when I was 16, when I was 16, my parents got divorced and I hit the streets. I became a homeless teenager and lived homeless for about three years. And one of the biggest struggles that I faced was my own voice. One of the biggest struggles I faced was my own voice in my head. And it was the negativity that I kept feeding myself, that I was inferior, I wasn't capable, I wasn't worthy, and that I was never going to amount to a whole lot. And that was a lifelong journey. It's not, it was not a short journey. But the answer to your question is getting those small little wins and successes every day, one step at a time. I have this foundational principle that I live by. It's called body, balance, being, business. Body being physical and nutritional. Balance being my family and the, my loved ones, the people I care about. Being is my spirituality and business is everything in the professional realm. Uh, You may have heard it as faith, family, fitness, and fuel. And I set some goals, daily goals. No matter how big or small, I start off small and I set small goals every day. And I take the wins when I can get them.
0: You didn't have to buy a $50 planner for that? Absolutely not. Okay. Because I know we get stuck on things like bullet journaling and um, panda elephant planner. But you're making it sound like I can just write this on like in a little marbleized notebook or something.
1: Absolutely. So I'm involved in a program with a bunch of guys and I've taken the success and we are pushing this to other people. We're trying to help them understand. I specifically serve veterans that are suffering from PTSD or trauma or substance abuse. And one of the things we did is we set some goals and some targets, call them targets. And when you set targets rather than goals, you make it achievable. When you set the big goal, you have to define the smaller goals. And everyone has their own process. Mine is written on a dry erase board, but you could easily write it on a sheet of paper, put it on the wall somewhere where you're gonna see it. And what I do is I set very small goals in each one of those categories. And as I win, meaning that I succeed, and I am able to accomplish that goal, I set another goal a little bigger than the last. And I continue doing that. And I started doing this probably about 10 or 12 years ago. And slowly it has gotten me to a place where I am now have a bachelor's in social work. I'm about to get my master's in human services counseling. I'm a military retired veteran. So a once homeless 16 year old drug addicted kid is now a master's degree graduate in less than two months with a veteran, as a veteran, and being able to help others. And that's what it's all about, reaching behind you and pulling somebody else up. The experiences that we live through are not our experiences alone. Our experiences are there to share and to provide wisdom and encouragement and motivation and to mentor others and to guide others and to give others the lessons we learned so that they can achieve the success for themselves and whatever that looks like.
0: I don't even know how to follow that. I did not grow up in the same neighborhood as you. I am not a part of your family, so I don't know what kind of cultural barriers might have been there for you. Do you mind talking just a little bit about what it meant for you?
1: There are so many cultural barriers tied into my testimony and my story. It's unreal. I grew up in Utah around LDS and Catholic faith belief belief systems. My dad was Buddhist. Uh, For those of you that can't see me, unlike Sarah, (laughs) I'm half Laos and half Irish. And I'm also a male versus a female that endured this traumatic situation. And so often, there's a fear and a stigma tied to being a male that suffered trauma. We're too tough. got to be tough. We can't be vulnerable. We can't be weak. We can't tell somebody else that we have this issue, this spiritual issue or this psychological issue or this emotional issue because on the exterior, we have to be tough. But what happens, we're torn up, but we can't talk to anybody about it because we have to be tough. And I'm here telling you that that is the complete opposite of what somebody, a male, female, it does not matter, You should never feel like you are not in a position to share with somebody else some things you're struggling with. I'm a man of God, so I'm going to quote one scripture to you, Proverbs 27, 17. It's iron sharpens iron, as one person sharpens another. And we need each other. Regardless of what faith belief system you come from, we need each other to be able to support each other. When one of us is weak, the other will be strong. And we'll be able to hold the other person up when they can't stand on their own.
0: And that is so true. And I think it's almost counterintuitive. It is. It's not almost. It is counterintuitive to be vulnerable with somebody, especially um, a stranger. You know, support groups, I think about that all the time and how agencies like Care Lodge or Zoom-based support groups are there to help bridge gaps for people who need to share their story and get a little bit of a catharsis going on in their life so they can start healing. Because part of healing is telling your story. And I've heard so many different survivors say, you know, when I tell my story, I get closer and closer to feeling better about myself and who I am and who I'm designed to be. And um, I've just heard that repeated so many times. So things like support groups or Um, peer support, I think are very important for people to be a part of, but there's such a barrier there, um, more than just transportation or childcare, but internal barriers that we might place on ourselves. I know you said when you were on the streets as a teenager, one of the biggest barriers for you was your own voice, the internal narrative that you kept replaying in your mind that had been told to you by outside influences, by people who were supposed to love you but they told you something that just wasn't true. And it could have been for somebody else, a power and control issue that um, maybe their child or their loved one is achieving things that they never could. And there might've been a jealousy or a contempt there. And so they're like, no, if I can't make it and I had a hard time, you're not going to have a thriving life. I'm just not going to let you go there. And for someone who might be listening, that might be exactly what you're going through, The first thing that you can do to start making progress toward reaching those targets or your goals is to share your story with someone who's trustworthy, not someone who's going to exploit your story or use it as blackmail against you, but somebody who's going to sit and listen and say, I'm so sorry that you dealt with that and that it took so long for you to share your story, but you've done it. Um, I'm proud of you. How can I help you get to that next step in your life? How can I support you where you're at right now? For many, um, especially adult males, they'll wait till they're in their 20s or 30s to share their story if they experience something in their childhood. And I can't imagine what that would be like to go years without sharing what has happened to you and then to share that with someone you may not know, like an advocate or something, how scary that could be or, you know, who do you choose to share your story with? Nate, I met you when you were an adult. I didn't know your whole background and maybe that might have been a barrier between us. you to share your story with me had I known you since toddler age right but you could choose what you share with me you didn't tell me every single detail of your life you owned your narrative you chose what you wanted to share with me I don't want to say look at you now but look at you now I mean you're thriving and you're helping people and it can be a thing but
1: yeah absolutely know exactly what you mean I have this motto that I live by and it is that every breath has a purpose No one person on this planet is guaranteed tomorrow. And so discovering what your purpose is in this world and what the next breath is for is going to be the most foundational thing that you can do for yourself. And you have to convince yourself that you do have a purpose, because you do. In the journey of discovering what your purpose is, there's people waiting for you. You have the ability to plant a seed in somebody today. Wherever you are, listen to this. Whenever, whenever you get back to doing what it is that you are doing in this world, there will be people waiting for you to influence their life. You are the average of the 8 to 10 people that you spend your time with. And those people are determined by you.
0: It's really interesting that you said what you just said because the previous people who have been on this podcast show have mentioned almost that same thing. Having somebody in your path along the way to help fuel the fire for you to want to reach your next step or reach your next goal. And that's where advocates step in. Um, That non-biased help ready to fight for you, whether it's something in court, to be heard, to be represented, to feel safe, and safety is more than just physical safety. It's psychological safety, mental um, wellness. Advocates are there, and it, it's hard because, you know, we do a lot of outreach and commercials and podcast, radio shows, but there's still people within the circles of our listeners that may never hear any of this. They may not know what Care Lodge is and what we provide. So it's very important that. Like we've shared on previous podcasts, you know your area. What helpful resources are there for survivors of violence in your area? And do you know how to get in touch with them? Do you know how to make connections for people? Do you know hotline numbers? Or do you have a business card that you can share with somebody who may need help?
1: I agree. And for those helping professionals out there, that are looking for ways to reach those that they care about in the communities and the populations that you serve. Don't be afraid to be creative. you not be afraid to try something new because you never know what decision you make, who it'll impact. I have another foundational principle and that principle is to save one life as often as possible just one life as often as possible, as many times as I can, today.
0: What does that look like for you as a daily purpose? Because you you mentioned earlier, and it's so true, we're not guaranteed this afternoon. We're not guaranteed five minutes from now. So what does it look like for you as a daily purpose? You wake up, you go to bed. What happens in between? What makes a successful day for you?
1: In the very beginning, it would seem overwhelming to know that you have all these things that you want to or need to get accomplished. And I'll refer back to the one decision at a time, one foot in front of the other. My process is a little more complex as I have found success and I have gotten to a place where I have achieved this comfortability with myself and my own identity and my identity as a man of God, as a man in my community, as a survivor of domestic violence, as a veteran, in all these other aspects. And so when I wake up, the first thing I gotta do is remember who I am. And for me, I meditate and pray. I spend time with the Lord, and that's my first hour. Followed behind that, I move from being to body. It's important to take care of ourselves. And when I first started exercising, It was maybe a a one-mile walk around the neighborhood, and that slowly moved to a two-mile walk. And now I'm going for a 5K run twice a week, and I still walk a couple days a week, but a couple days a week I'm exercising. I'm making healthier choices about what I'm putting into my body. And this seems really stringent and strict, but that's because I've come to a place where I can manage that. After that, I do my homework and I spend time in my professional professional world. After I'm done with my nutrition and my physical fitness, I set some small goals in the professional world. What can I get done today? And if I do just one thing, I count that as a win. If I finish just one thing, I have done something that was not completed yesterday. And then my family becomes really important, especially with us all being home right now, the pandemic and stuff. We have lunch together at the table every day. And we spend time together. We talk about stuff, but that's a typical day, and we're flexible, things change, but making sure that I'm putting a little emphasis on every one of those four categories to get a small win means that I'm a better person today than I was yesterday. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, with the people I love and care about, and the product I'm putting out into the world, because as I said, every breath has a purpose. I'm still here. I want to do something with the life that I've been given.
0: And speaking of giving, um, you can't give what you don't have. So if you are living in lack, then you have very little you can give to the people that are in your closest circle, whether that's friends, coworkers, or family. Living in depression, living in, with anxiety, or any kind of mental health situation, you have to take care of yourself. I've um, developed a little habit that I've been enjoying recently, and that's where my house is located. I can see the sun disappear over the trees. And just to take a moment every day at that same time and go sit on my driveway and look and watch the sunset, it's almost like stuff, weight, bleh, all that kind of stuff that happened during the day just kind of melts away and becomes cooled I'm physically cooled because the sun is going down and emotionally cooled because I'm watching colors I'm watching the sun that is this blazing ball of fire disappear behind the other side of the world and it's like my way of saying goodbye to what happened that day sounds kind of like summer camp in a way but you know We all have our rituals. So having that one thing you do every day to just, whether it's taking a a hot shower or it's slinging paint or writing down your thoughts and burning it, I don't know, anything like that to become sort of a catharsis for you is going to be a good thing for you to practice because you don't want to bring what happened yesterday into your tomorrow or your today. But I really like that one win at a time because I know we've had discussions in the past about People in our circles, um, our daily life, that get stuck. And trying to help them out of a situation seems almost impossible. And at some point, somebody who's been a victim of any kind of traumatic event, they have to own their story. They have to say, I'm sick of this junk. I want to move on. I want a better life for myself. They have to. They have to want it. They can have all the resources, all the tools, all the best advocates in the world, but if they are not ready to move forward and do better with life, that it's on them. And that's such a harsh reality because I want to say, hey, if you give people everything they need, all the money in the world, all the safety and security, that they're going to be happy, but that's not true. That is absolutely not true. You have to hit that breaking point. And sometimes that breaking point can be right immediately after a traumatic event happens or it can be 10 years after a traumatic event happens everybody's story is different you and I as supporters those of you listening we have to be a little bit empathetic about that because when we try to make somebody change or get out of a situation that they're not ready to get out of it's going to be really hard for them to make that change for themselves and own that that transition in their life so be patient with them I know I'm preaching to the crowd here telling myself the same thing when, when you or I have someone in our life, family member, friend, coworker that's stuck in an abusive relationship, be ready for them. Because when they're ready and you let them know that you're there to support them, they're going to remember that because you've planted that seed, that awareness. Hey, I don't know what you're going through right now, but I'm here for you if you ever want to talk, if you ever need anything. I'm serious when I say this. I'll help you get help, whatever that looks like for you.
1: So I have painted a pretty seamless picture of what it looks like to go from struggle to to thrive. But that was a li- very long journey. I really love what you said. There has to be a moment where you decide that you don't want to live that way no more. That moment for me was not when I joined the military. It was 11 years into the military. I had a very long troubled career in the first 11 years of my career. And I was stuck in a vicious cycle. I was a victim of myself.
0: Hmm. So just to back up, after you left home and you're 16, the things that happened to you were not by your choice.
1: Absolutely right.
0: After that chapter was completed and you started moving forward into adulthood, life happens. You come to a crossroads. You have to make decisions. How did you go from being homeless on the street to starting that path? I mean, what was that, what bridged that gap for you from being homeless to not?
1: One step at a time.
0: I mean, you had connections, you found people, and whether those connections were positive or negative, they put you on a path, even though you may have chosen that path. It might have sounded good and looked good when you chose it. Looking back, can you see how everything added up and made sense? Or some of it kind of like, I'll never know what that means. But it got me to where I am today.
1: When I look back, what I see is so many moments of my life where I took three steps forward to take two steps back. And so often it was those two steps back that defeated me. Every time I took two steps back, I focused on the two I took back, not the three I took forward. Once I realized that those steps forward and focusing on those steps forward was the thing that was going to create a better life, that's when I started, let me back up, I started focusing on those positive things. I had to handle the two steps backwards, but it wasn't gonna defeat me. May
0: is Mental Health Awareness Month. So this is a good topic for us to discuss. And everything we've been talking about this whole segment has to do with the small wins and focusing on that. Because when you get stuck on the negative, the negative becomes your narrative. And if that's the story you want for your life, that's what it's going to become when you focus on that thing. So if you want your life to turn around for the better, to feel empowered, to feel like you can move forward, you have to focus on the good. You have to focus on those small wins. Period. Part of Wellness deals with not isolating, which is kind of confusing right now because we are trying to be at home safer, semi-quarantine right now, but there's still a lot of states that are fully quarantined right now. Communities that cannot leave their home and they have to get their groceries through Amazon or some other kind of delivery service. And so for the people who are truly stuck at home, how can they still make connections and find those daily wins? What about the people out there that are going through domestic violence and they're not allowed to leave maybe the picture that's been painted for them by their partner is i'm gonna work you can stay at home i'll take care of this you don't have to worry about anything but it's actually a power and control tactic that keeps them at home so they don't find connections when you feel defeated in that kind of way how do you find the small wins when everything around you looks like you can't
1: because you you an individual. And you can't take away what's inside you.
0: That's very true. So even if my goal is not sleeping until 10 and waking up an hour earlier, that can be my win. Right?
1: If you get up one hour earlier and you're able to go for a one-mile walk, even if it's around your yard, you did something today that you didn't do yesterday. The only person that truly knows your thoughts is you and the creator. And that can never be taken away from you.
0: I've heard that also said with prisoners of war, you know, different, I know it's media, but movies and testimonies of people in the military that are prisoners and in captivity. The thing that they hung on to every day was the fact that they couldn't take their mind away, their faith away, um, who they were as a person. They could even be assigned a number or their name changed, but at the end of the day they knew who they were because they had a firm foundation in that belief. I think as a person that cares for another individual, whether it's a loved one or someone you know that's hurting and you want them to stop hurting or stop feeling defeated, you have to be patient with yourself too because I think we're more harsh on the ones that are closest to us because We know their story, or we think we know most of their story because we're friends or family or coworkers. To give people space and grace and patience is a very hard thing to do. It's a little bit easier for a professional role because at the end of the day, you go home, but they continue living in that state. So we can choose to pick it up and set it back down. So could they, but they have to realize that. They can set that lifestyle down. And there's ways to become empowered. We don't like to rely on community resources, maybe. It could be pride, but it could be embarrassment, shame, doubt, fear, guilt, all sorts of things. But that's what those agencies are designed for. They're designed to create a cushion to help build resilience within somebody who's been experiencing trauma. Because without that cushion it hurts a little bit deeper because you don't feel like you can make it or you don't feel like it's even a possibility there's no light at the end of the tunnel and i think that's what helps me keep going in the work that i do is knowing that i may never know what happens to that other person but i know that i planted a seed and i let them know what was available to them and that when they were ready i was there and i would be there to help them to their next step and that's how i measure my own success that's my win Knowing that when I do that, when I provide what I can for somebody else, that is a success. Whether or not they choose to water that seed, I have to remember that it's on them, even though it hurts.
1: For those supporting somebody that's struggling and going through a situation and you feel you don't know what to do, and maybe you've been watching this for a long time and you've been witnessing it, and the answer might seem so clear, stay faithful support them. Life is a journey. And every day is a new day for life to change for every one of us in so many different ways. Building relationships with people that are available when they are needed to be able to give the support necessary to help push them into a new life and a new path and a new journey.
0: It can really make the difference for that person's outcome to be positive and to be a thriving individual after encountering Trauma and abuse. So I think that's a great way to wrap things up. Thanks for joining us for Finding Your Way. Remember, you are the expert of your situation, and help is only a phone call away. Be safe and love one another. If you want to know more about what was shared on today's podcast, check out the links provided in the show notes or visit us online at carelodge.com. Make sure to follow Care Lodge on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you need help, call 601-693-4673. That's 601-693-HOPE. If you're not in the East Central Mississippi area, you can call the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233.